0: Good Friday afternoon, guys. Jerry Miller on the I Love Seville Show. Thank you kindly for joining us. Live from our building in downtown Charlottesville, the Macklin Building on Market Street, today's show is loaded. It's presented by Scott Wagner of Scott Wagner Integrated Medicine. Who's got your back? Dr. Wagner of Scott Wagner Integrated Medicine has your back. I hope you guys watch Real Talk with Keith Smith this morning. It's the 10, 15 a.m. show we do on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Judah will um, get that show... Um, online from a post-production standpoint later this afternoon, but you can find the show on social media or wherever you get your podcasts now. The interview was great. It was 90 minutes with Mayor Lloyd Snook and Counselor Michael Payne and very straightforward um, conversation, very frank conversation. When you spend 90 minutes sitting alongside a mayor and a counselor in a long-form content, a lot can get covered. So here's some things that should be highlighted to you. Um, I asked early in this week, after Monday night's meeting, the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority on Monday evening voted to make a $10 million purchase. The $10 million purchase was 74 units in the Dogwood Properties portfolio owned by Keith Woodard. Dogwood Properties first launched, first started by Eugene Williams, a housing and, and, and equality advocate Here in the city of charlottesville he sold in 2007 his portfolio to keith woodard of woodard properties and now the charlottesville redevelopment and housing authority is looking to purchase the portfolio from keith woodard and woodard properties they need 10 million dollars 5 million from the charlottesville capital improvement program that's taxpayer money that's going to be voted on monday evening In the city council meeting on Monday, whether council will approve that $5 million allocation. Here's the clarity we were looking for, and we got it from Michael Payne this morning. The $5 million interest-free 0% interest loan from the private donor, that private donor is Riverbend Development. That's Corinne Capshaw's team. We, on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, we were predicting that the private donor, the anonymous donor, was Riverbend Development. Our crystal ball and what we were hearing from folks in the know proved to be correct yet again. Um, Counselor Payne and Mayor Snook offered clarity on this. I still wonder if there's any kind of conflict of interest in that one of the major developers in Charlottesville, River Bend, who is developing the Kmart project, the Kmart site in the city of Charlottesville, is offering a $5 million interest free load to a housing authority. What is expected in return for this $5 million? It's a fair question to ask. I also wonder what is expected in return for the the selling of a 74 unit portfolio to a housing authority. Is anything expected from the Woodard property side side of the table? You sell 74 units, $10 million, Assessed value is $9,600,000. Appraised value is over $13 million. So while Woodard is making some money, he is taking a bit of a haircut here from a, a, a full profit standpoint. Should he have chosen to sell a la carte the properties or should he have gone the private route to sell the properties? So fair questions I think anyone should be asking. What is the I scratch your back, you scratch my back negotiation that's happening behind the scene? That is a fair question. It's a very fair question. Um, I I think it's also important to emphasize, as some of the viewers and listeners have highlighted, when the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority purchases these 74 properties, and this deal is going to go through, it takes the properties off the tax rolls. So the tax rolls will lose um, revenue um, when this deal materializes and crosses the uh, closing table finish line. So that's another, um, another thing to highlight, is, is money coming out of potential city coffers because you're going to a housing authority that's not paying um, taxes on, on the 74 units. Let's weave Judah Wittcower in on a two-shot. We'll get some perspective from... <clears throat> the director of this fine and fair talk show. I want to get some react on some reaction from you on today's show. Interesting tidbit that we're hearing through the grapevine. A female may announce her plans to run for Charlottesville city council in the next handful of days. Great. I think we're both very excited for
1: that. I think everybody is. I mean, uh, Nobody wants uh, – we've, we've heard it from, uh, from other people. I don't, <clears throat> don't necessarily need to say who, but I don't think anybody wants a, an all-male council. No. No.
0: Not an all-male council. Not in 20 – I guess when the new council comes on, it would be 2024. I thought Michael Payne and Lloyd Snook were dynamite today. Yeah. Um, Michael Payne is a smart dude. They both are, yeah. Hey, Lloyd Snook is a smart dude, too. Mm-hmm. I don't always completely agree with Michael Payne, but I will say this: Councilor Payne very much cares for Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah, he very much cares for the betterment of this community. Michael Payne does. Definitely. So does Lloyd Snuck.
1: and I often find myself agreeing with a lot of what he what he has to say. Uh, you know, despite the fact that I I think that often happens a lot more in uh, in local. Local politics, where you can you can find common ground with people that uh, uh, politically and ideologically you may not have much much to agree with, but uh, where we're in the in the, the broader national political scene, I think things tend to get uh, um, m- uh, pushed to the margins. So the you know the the right wing talking points. Go all the way to the right, and the left-wing talking points go all the way to the left. And in smaller local local government, you often find uh, you know people that I, I think it I think it comes down more to common sense than uh, than big uh, big country political talking.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. Um, local government less polarizing. Yeah, much more centered. I mean, M- Michael and Lloyd we, we see around town. Yeah. They're everyday guys. Yeah. Um, these are Charlottesvilleans that are busting their tails to do what's best for the community. Yeah. Um, I was very much impressed with Councillor Payne's answer on the pilot program with UVA. Mayor hmm. Snook straight up said, look, we, there's limits that we can do as counselors when it comes to politicking and lobbying UVA for the payment in lieu of taxes program. Yeah. There's very limited. And, and Michael said, Count "Mayor Snook is right. One thing he's trying to do is maybe use the power of the populace and the influence of the masses to lobby UVA to start ponying up some cash. I think that's the right path of attack. Yeah. There's no more influential there's no more influential version of power than the influence Vo- of the populace.
1: Vox Populi.
0: Yeah. That's the most that that trumps money. That trumps that trumps having a massive workforce. Mm-hmm. The populace and its influence when leveraged and utilized in collective fashion is the most influential version of power. Perfect example of that is that's why the teachers are fighting so hard for collective bargaining. Yeah. Almoro and Charlottesville, that's a slam dunk that should be a no-brainer. Albemarle County and city of Charlottesville, slam dunk, no-brainer, collective bargaining. Let's get beyond that. Lisa Costello has some questions on social media. And she says, how many city living units are owned by CRHA? What percentage of these units is of the total living units in the Charlottesville city um, spectrum? She also says, is CRHA starting to buy up Um, properties as UVA has long done. What should the extent be of CRHA purchasing properties that were previously private? She also says, since these properties will not be taxed, will this and any other future CRHA purchases of private housing units increase the tax rate of everyone in the city? Great questions. Yeah. Lisa Costello, I think we've dubbed her the queen of Cherry Avenue. Those are great questions. Um, I'll try to answer them. I don't know the exact number of units owned by CRHA, but I will work to figure that out for you, Lisa. I don't know the exact percentage um, of real estate CRHA owns when compared to the city in totality, but I will work to figure that out for you, Lisa, as well. She also says, will CRHA continue to buy up properties like UVA has done? I would say yes, because if CRHA has control of these properties, then they have control of the zoning potential. Should and when upzoning gets approved, CRHA may be one of the first to market when it comes to creating density because they have such a vast portfolio. Hmm. And to answer your question, what should the extent be of CRHA purchasing properties that were previously private? That's a great question. And that may be a question for council. How deep can CRHA go in buying properties, taking them off tax rolls, and putting them into this housing authority purview? That's a great question. I think a fair question, and it should be asked on Monday night when council was considering whether or not to allocate $5 million of taxpayer dollars to, uh, to CRHA. Folks should ask, what is expected, what will be given, what kind of grease, what kind of hookup hmm. will be given or allocated or pushed the way of Riverbend or Woodard? And if, Do you think that's a fair question?
1: <clears throat> yeah. I think I was, that's fair. I was also going to ask if uh, CRHA is buying private homes, uh, don't those homes come off of... Those homes come off... They, they would then turn those into rentals. So those would essentially come off the, uh, the market of b- buyable, sellable homes. Yeah, 100%. Correct?
0: Yeah, because what, Keith, what Woodard Properties could have done is they could have taken that portfolio of 74 units. If they wanted to maximize profitability, they would have sold each of those units individually at fair market value. Yeah, It's like... It's like... Uh, what's a good example of this? I was going to use uh, an example for the... Uh,
1: It's like buying in bulk. I mean, you. uh... It's like
0: the Girl Scout cookies. You can buy a box of Girl Scout cookies at 10 bucks, or you can buy in bulk and you can get a deal. It's like folks that are buying some shrubbery or some landscaping. You can buy a zip for three bills, or you can buy an eighth or a quarter for
1: 60 bucks. Or you could just make this about grocery stores. I mean, Woodard could sell these
0: individually and get the most money possible, or. Sell the prof the the portfolio in totality and do the least amount of work possible. Yeah, because that's the path, the quickest way to get some money. Although, Not the most
1: margin, though. Although we there's also the question of what the what else they're getting. Uh, Who? Waters. With their with their zero interest loan. I mean, the
0: zero interest loan is going to CRHA from Riverbend.
1: Oh, Riverbend, yeah.
0: I'm wondering, right. I'm wondering what Riverbend gets for a 0% $5 million loan. I'm, it's a fair question. Yeah. I'm also wondering what Woodard is getting for, for selling the, proper, the portfolio for $10 million when the appraised value is $13 million plus.
1: Yeah, because it's not like they need the money right now. It's not like they're in dire straits or anything and they're trying to liquidate some, uh, some properties to cover something so yeah i mean it's and
0: both have massive projects in the pipeline riverbend kmart site yeah woodard kim's market iga site right fair questions that should be asked monday on the council meeting please bring those up vanessa Parkhill says riverbend gets a bump in their esg score Albert Graves says, I would not be surprised if the grease for the wheel is some zoning leniency when it comes to the development of the old Kmart parcel. Capshaw is too damn savvy just to give something away. That's, yeah. that's my, that's my this, point. This would
1: not surprise us. You're, you're,
0: it would not surprise me either. Albert Graves, right on point. I mean, you're talking about arguably one of the most sophisticated and savvy guys in central Virginia in core Capshaw. Yeah. When you think Corinne Capshaw, you think savvy, sophistication, street smarts, vision, sees. He's playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. That's Corinne Capshaw. So, what's, what's his chess move here? If, if we're playing checkers, what's the chess move? Yeah. What's the chess move? Dylan's rule on Twitter Jerry, do you remember that Riverbend had some ownership interest in the Crescent Hall South First Street development? Hmm, that's right. And interestingly, Crescent Halls is the building Corrin sees when he looks outside his office. His office at the top floor of the ACAC parking lot, downtown Charlottesville, he's looking out his window. He sees the Crescent Halls uh, building literally across from his desk. Mm-hmm. Asking the question is fair. It should come up on Monday. I mention this Live on air. The other concern that you have, and it's something that's flying under the radar, is does CRHA have the infrastructure to maintain and manage all this real estate? It's a housing authority. Yeah. Does a housing authority have the personnel and skill set? to maintain these properties. Frankly speaking, its existing portfolio may say otherwise. Hmm. Where many folks are saying the existing portfolio is, how do I put it nicely, in need of TLC? Are they not looking so good? No, (laughs) no, no, they're not looking so good at all. I mean, if you can't maintain what you currently got, what are you going to do when you take on 74 additional? I mean, we have 24 units and those are hard enough to do. Yeah. Oh, Charlottesville, 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 Crescent halls, South South first street and the Avon Levy, uh, Levy, um, area for their their development overview. Um, Avon Levy's site is currently on hold, pending the outcome of a comprehensive development plan for CRHA's remaining properties that will get underway. Oh, this is way outdated, this website. But Crescent Halls and South First Street are examples of stuff that they manage and own. Um, All right, I want to do this. I want to ask the community, the viewers and listeners, how they feel about a potentially all-male council. Wade and Pinkston still have ample time on their terms. Right now, four dudes are running for three spots. Snook, Payne, Cooper, Fenwick. Isn't all-male council representative or indicative of Charlottesville? Take it a step further. Four of the five males will be white. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to say, right now, the front runners to win are Snook and Payne. And you would think, based on experience, Fenwick is going to beat Cooper. Fenwick's been on council before. Fenwick is a name brand recognition. Cooper's still trying to build his brand. On paper, Fenwick beats Cooper. So that, as of today, you're looking at Pinkston, Wade, Snook, Payne, and Fenwick. Four white dudes, one African-American guy, five guys in general. How's the community respond to that? We are hearing through the grapevine a female is about to announce her plans to run for council. A woman? We will let her make the splash and not steal her announcement thunder, but that's percolating right now on the grapevine. What do you think?
1: I think I'd love to see a, a woman run. Um, would you have the, beef with it if it was five dudes? Uh, or you just
0: say it is what it is?
1: I would say it is what it is. I mean, if... Uh, If five, if completely uh, uh, just, you know, thought, thought process here, if five women ran and five men ran and we ended up with five men, I'd be, I mean, that would be strange. But that would be different, though, because that
0: would give the voters selection and choice. As of now, there's
1: no choice. That's my point. Okay. Okay. Uh, In this case... And, and this is really what I want to say is that, you know, I think at some point we need to get over this everything needs to be, you know, uh, everything needs to be equally, uh, you know, you need to have an equal number of women and uh, an equal number of, you know, people from different, uh, different backgrounds and races. Yes, if that is possible, wonderful. But if... A bunch of white guys run for office, and nobody runs to oppose them, and you end up with a white guy in office. Is that a problem?
0: Unless the minority demographics feel dispirited, disenfranchised, or do not feel like they can win because of systematic pressures working against them. That's fair. That's, that's that would be a problem.
1: That's fair, but and I'm just
0: doing that to play devil's advocate right, with you, because I think you make a great point. If it was all males running, and that was all that chose to run, then it is what it is, and that's how it played out.
1: Yeah, you can't complain that you've got a, an old white guy in office when only old white guys ran for office.
0: And we're not saying anything about you, Mayor Snook. We love you. We we know no. tremendously we love you. And this this is anything specific?
1: Okay, okay. We have to
0: caveat that right there because we love the guy, right? Yeah. We love I, the
1: guy. I wasn't even thinking about okay, it. Okay, we love we love the guy.
0: We love you, um,
1: Yeah, I in the case of uh, in the case of of people feeling you know dispirited or like they don't have a chance to win. Uh, Do you think there's systematic pressures working against
0: um, someone of color or a woman running for council?
1: I would hope if there were that somebody would bring that up, that we would hear about that, that uh, somebody would start doing something about that. Uh, Viewers and listeners,
0: that's a question for you. Yeah. In Charlottesville, Virginia, are there systematic influences, systematic forces, or systematic pressures that are keeping a person of color or a female from running
1: for city council? And I don't, I don't necessarily think there are any of those forces against uh, – we, we've had people of color, we've had women uh, on council, uh, both – I say the answer is no. I would say that there are forces against uh, someone of the wrong political spectrum running. There's forces and systematic pressures preventing Republicans from running. Yeah.
0: Yes. Great point. I 100% give you that. There's systematic pressures preventing Republicans from running for any position in Charlottesville. Are there systematic pressures?
1: You won't hear too many complaints about that, though. You hear
0: complaints about that. I mean, Lisa Costello is saying right now on Cherry Avenue, it bothers me there are no Republicans running. That more so than there are no women. Yeah, she says it bothers me that it's left leaning and no centrists or, nor, or no conservatives. She says too. I'm concerned no centrist nor Republican could get elected in this town, and I think. That's a very good point.
1: That's concerning to me, too, and I think she's
0: 100% correct. So, tough question. Are there systematic pressures keeping a woman or
1: a person of color for running for council this year? Not if they're on the correct side of the political spectrum.
0: Walk me through that. You're saying if they're a liberal or Democrat, then they're fine? Yeah. Mayor Walker won as an
1: independent. Yeah, but I don't think she would have had a problem as a Democrat. No. She still would have won if she was a Democrat.
0: The stars aligned for that particular race, fresh off of uh, August 12, 2017. No doubt. That was, that was an anomaly in a lot of circumstances, having an activist elected in that capacity.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can understand there are reasons why she ran as an independent, but I, I don't think she would have had a problem as a, as a Democrat. No, she, just, she would she just have won. She may have been beholden to, uh, to the Democratic Party. In Charlottesville. Sarah Hill
0: Buchensky, SHB, I love when you watch the show and comment. She says, race and or sex should not trump qualifications and the ability for a job. Amen.
1: That is, that is always the, uh, the hope. Uh, I don't know that that's always the uh, the. That's outcome. not always the case. Yeah. But that is the hope. You yeah. want the most quali-
0: qualified person to get the job or to get elected. Yeah. I mention this live on air. This comment's resonating. This topic's resonating with people here. Um, Vanessa says, "Park Hill, I don't care what sex or race the council members are. The notion that someone who isn't just like me can't have my best interests at heart is ridiculous. There are a lot of good men in my life that I would trust on council all day long." All said, Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa says, "That's like." That's like saying Councilman Wade is only representing black people and black children. I do not believe he would do that, nor right. do I. Right. Nor, nor do I. Mm-hmm. I read these comments live on air. Um, more of these coming in. And I want to get to as many of these as possible. Um, Carly Wagner... I do not care that they are all male. I don't think demographics should matter at all for elected representatives if they are doing their job representing their constituents. It shouldn't matter. Male, female, black, white, qualifications matter more. Well said. Yeah. Carly Wagner. Well said. You have a flag next to your name on the I Love Seville Facebook page. I wonder what that flag means. Oh, it says you're a milestone follower and you've earned a badge. Well done, Carly Wagner, milestone follower. <laughs> I like they're, they're introducing these badges on Facebook for high-traffic uh, Facebook pages. Um, I mentioned this live on air. Good comment, Carly. So we'll see. Uh, I think you're, a lot of you guys may be hearing this first. We'll, 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 we'll see a uh, potential female entering the race here uh, shortly. We'll leave it at that. We won't steal anyone's thunder. Carol Thorpe, the queen of Jack Jewett. Bob Fenwick has name, recognition, and a reputation, but it's not all good. Didn't he run one other time for the Democrat nomination and loss? Yes, he did. Bob Fenwick lost Carol Thorpe in 2019. Yes, he did. He lost in 2019. Or did Fenwick lose? Let me confirm. Fenwick may have run in the... uh, Pinkston Wade year. I'm going to go to Seville PD and check. Um, he he was on council for one term from 2013 to 2017. He was defeated in the 2017 Democratic primary. He, also he was ran also a-, a candidate in 2019. So it was during the Payne McGill Bellamy Brown Lloyd Snook 2019 race. He placed fifth in the five-way race, so he came in last out of five. Bob Fenwick's the guy who drives around town in the white work van that says homework with Bob Fenwick on it. Hmm. Have you seen uh,
1: the, the work I, van? I think I have. It's a, the, the, the homework part sounds familiar because I think the first time I saw it, I was like, well, that's odd. Homework with Bob Fenwick is,
0: is the website. The website needs a little TLC, Bobby. I love you Bob. I I, I respect anyone running for council, but this this website needs a little TLC. Homeworkwithbobfenwick.com. That URL's on the white van. That white van, if that pulled up to me at a stoplight and it was and it was like uh, you know, after dark and there wasn't anybody around and the lights were not on <laughs> and that white van pulls up to me and I'm on the on the sidewalk. I'm watching my back. I'm just joking, Bob. This <laughs> this guy peddling candy? It's the sliding glass door. The sliding uh, door van that always makes me nervous. Dude, you know what you can do with a sliding door like that? Jump, throw the door and speed off. Jump what? Throw somebody in the, in the bus oh, and yeah. speed off. I'm not saying Bob would do that. Bob would never do that.
1: We all know that's the only reason to buy a van like that. <laughs> He's actually using it for business purposes,
0: for his remodeling construction company, yeah, um, which is what he does. Um, Well, we'll follow that news closely. I'm very excited to see. uh, That would then be a fifth candidate when she jumps in the mix. Five for three spots. You mean the uh,
1: as-yet-unannounced she? I mean, it's not our business to announce. I didn't know we had anything to announce. Oh, I don't want to steal her thunder. (laughs) You don't think I
0: should steal her thunder. I I don't want to steal her thunder. It's not my business to announce. Let her announce it. And then we can highlight her announcement and welcome her on, on the show after she has announced. How's that? Is that fair?
1: Sure. Maybe you'll tell me between then and now. Um,
0: Kirby Hutto is retiring from this, the Ting Pavilion. Listen to this. The Ting Pavilion, 100,000 annual visitors to the Ting Pavilion. It has an economic impact of more than twelve million dollars on the Charlottesville area economy, the Ting Pavilion. Twelve mm. million a year. Kirby Hutto has been the general manager of the Ting Pavilion since day one. Almost two decades ago, twenty years ago. Kirby Hutto is gonna get replaced by Jonathan Drolls Hagen. Jonathan, I probably butchered your last name, I apologize. Jonathan Hagen is going to be the new general manager of, of, of this concert venue. A venue that legitimately, because of Corinne and Capshaw's influence, gets global talent. I mean, you're talking B.B. King, James Brown, Bobby Weir, Merle Haggard, Bonnie Raitt, Greg Allman, just to name a few, at the Ting Pavilion. I mean, we take for granted the venues we have in Charlottesville and the ridiculous talent that comes to this town to perform. And it is a direct result of Corin that talent Kirby Hutto has been a fantastic ambassador of this community, whether as the general manager of the Ting or Sprint Pavilion, but also with his experience and time spent on the Charlottesville Albemarle Convention and Visitors Bureau Board and the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce. This guy is very behind the scenes, quite influential. I was taken aback with these two stats. 100,000 annual visitors to the pavilion and an economic impact of over 12 million dollars, the pavilion per year. I did not know that many people went to this concert venue every year, and I expected the economic impact for the Ting pavilion to be less than the 12 million that they uh, have uh, extrapolated over the course of a year. Hmm. Do you guys remember the downtown mall without the Ting pavilion? Do you guys remember when Fridays after 5 used to be on the other side of the mall? The whiskey jar side of the mall? It used to be there. We take for granted the musical opportunities we have here from watching global talent. We take it for granted. We take for granted the depth in restaurants. We take for granted the depth of breweries the depth of vineyards and cideries. We take for granted the outside hiking and enjoyment opportunities and the fact that we have some of the best college sports right here in our backyard. We have an abundance of riches. And that's why people flood here. Mm -hmm. Kirby Hutto, job well done. 20, basically 20 years, almost 20 years, you've been in charge of a venue that now has National notoriety. Nora Gaffney says, yes, I do remember music sitting at Miller's for Fridays after five. Albert Graves says the pavilion is the key to the revitalization of the downtown mall. I would love to see council utilize the designated outdoor refreshment area on the downtown mall. Give me a Dora. Dylan's rule says an all-male council is not representative of this community. Dillon's Rule said on Twitter, I mention this live on air. Dylan's Rule also says on Twitter, it should be concerning that there is not a single local Republican elected official in Seville or Albemarle. Board of Supervisors, School Board, Sheriff, Clerk of the Court, Commonwealth's Attorney, Commissioner of Revenue, Treasurer, all D's in both localities. All Ds in both localities from Dylan's rule. I mean, I I think that's why I have a lot of respect for what Dr. Bryce is doing for the at-large seat in the Almar County School Board. She's a conservative. Yeah. She's running for an at-large seat in Almar County.
1: Yeah. A
0: very blue, if not purple, county voting block. Mm Mm-hmm. Respect to her for making this push. Yeah. What'd you learn this week? I learned a lot this week. What'd you learn this week?
1: Uh, Let's see. I learned that there's a, a word. Tooligans. What's
0: that? Tooligans. I saw that again. I saw that in the local news. Tell us what a tooligan is.
1: Uh, they're people that, uh, they've got kind of like a, uh, tool library and, uh, I, I think it's genius. I think it's, uh, a great, uh, a great resource for especially, especially now, especially with, uh, the economy the way it is. Uh, it's, you know, if you've got something that's broken down in your house, if you've got something that needs fixing these guys, uh, let's see. Um, The Charlottesville Tool Library. Uh, they will loan you the tools. They will not only loan you the tools that you need to uh, to fix things around your house. They'll also they'll also walk you through how to how to do it. And I think that's brilliant. Um, I mean, a lot of us, you know, they're they're. There are oftentimes emergency, uh, you know, fixes that are necessary. Your kid puts their foot through the, uh, through the uh, paper-thin wall or, uh, you Did know. Did you do that? Uh, no, not personally, but... Uh, I feel like
0: you were a good kid. Uh, Lisa Kuslow says Judah Wickhauer, she tagged you. The tool library also has classes as well. Nice. She wanted to let you know that there were classes.
1: That's cool. Um... I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a horrible kid, but I wasn't uh, a saint either. Uh, once got tired of my little sister uh, annoying me while we were visiting. I think we were visiting friends or family and may have been uh, Tennessee. She was probably like two years old. So we, we locked the door, locked the bathroom door, locks from the inside, put her inside and closed the door. Oh, so they had to pull the bolts off the door to get her out it was uh, not a nice thing to do but uh... now you guys are best friends sure (laughs) Uh,
0: KTP it's a great comment from Katie Pearl Queen of Whitehall I agree it's very concerning we need diversity of thought and there are a good number of conservatives including herself that currently do not feel represented at all by local officials
1: yeah what would turn the tide? I mean, it, it's all based on votes. So if uh, if there aren't enough... I mean, uh, I, know,
0: I know it's based on votes. I
1: mean, what, what would turn the tide of, What would turn the tide?
0: Um, Is it just a direct reflection of um, higher education being in our backyard?
1: What do you mean? well with all the uh i mean higher education Democrats?
0: breeds higher education often births uh liberal ideology is that a reflection probably is it is it a reflection of the
1: the wealth here mm, maybe i think I would believe that it was more in line with uh Why do you think it is, Carol? Carol
0: Thorpe. She says one party rule, no matter which party it is, is a bad situation. We're 100% in agreement yeah. with that, Carol. Amen. What do, you, what do you think has birthed the one party or, or is um, influencing or driving this one party community we live in?
1: I think a lot of it is the school you 've got a lot of uh' it's a lack
0: of a, is it a lack of organization and engagement and momentum and infrastructure from Republicans and that party
1: possibly uh, i think they've i think they've got an uphill battle in uh, and they would really need something uh, they would really need something to make them shine uh, i mean i don't i don't know but uh, i think that um I think they've got an uphill battle, and uh, with all the, you know, with all the bad press surrounding people like, uh, like Trump, and uh, and some of the other some of the other people that are uh, regulars on the you know in the political news, um, and I just don't know if it's going to happen here in Charlottesville. Um, comments are coming in fast. Katie Pearl
0: says, I look forward to casting my vote for Dr. Bryce. She is a smart woman, mother, and professional who is well-read and knowledgeable about our educational system. My vote for her will be my easiest selection all year. No doubt. Sandra Holbrook responds to Katie's comment by saying, absolutely agree 100% with you. I'm tagging Katie and Sandra and saying, I mention this live on air. The, uh Bryce brings a lot of legitimacy with our campaign. Mm-hmm. And we know, because we talked about this either yesterday or Wednesday, that she now has some competition. And the competition she has, I want to get her name 100% right, is Alison Spillman. And you cannot have two more polar opposite
1: campaigns than
0: Bryce's and Spillman's. They're completely opposite.
1: So, what are they? What do they oppose each other on? Collective bargaining. So, Spillman doesn't want collective bargaining.
0: No, hugely in favor. Oh, collective bargaining. Spillman um, has all kids in the public school system. Almora, Dr. Bryce got kids in private school. That'll come up.
1: Okay, but that we've
0: already we've already dispelled that that shouldn't matter. Yeah, folks will bring that up. Yeah, no doubt. We've already explained why that should not matter, and the response to, to how you handle that.
1: I mean, I can still. I know people are still going to going to latch onto that. I just, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of their campaigns, that's outside of the, you know, the whatever they're going to be, you know, whatever. If they had a debate, Spillman
0: is very much going to run on a campaign that's empowering of trans students. Okay. An interesting topic that's going to come up in this competition and in this competitive race is should, should teachers notify parents if their sons or daughters are identifying as the opposite sex in schools? Yeah. That'll come up. You got an opinion on that one? Of course I do. And you think absolutely
1: they should notify the parents? I think that should be the case, and for everything. I mean, it's you know, it, I, I, I I feel like I feel like the the other the other side of that, the not notifying them, is too much in the too much in the field of like not trusting parents. Like you're making value judgments. You're making very very broad value judgments about like all parents and saying, we need to protect the kids. I mean, these are their parents. Yes, there are probably some horrendous parents out there that should not be trusted with their own kids, much less anyone else's kids. But for the most part, the parents want what's best for their children. I, I, and, you know, if uh, if something came up with your child, want to know about it, and... I, I don't see how you can, I don't see how there's any other, um, there's any other stance that really makes sense I, in that regard. I, hard to disagree. Hard to disagree. This will
0: undoubtedly rattle Charlottesville Twitter and socialist Twitter. But if my kid went to school, our sons went to school. And our sons were identifying as the opposite sex in school. I'd like to know. It it boggles my mind that this conversation is even a real conversation. Yeah. Parents drop their kids off at school. Yes, they're not there, but they should be kept in the loop of what their kids are doing. Especially if what their kids are doing is identifying as the opposite sex, I have or no problem. I have no problem if that happens. I just like to be kept in the loop.
1: Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you should want to know what's going. I'd, l- with- I'd like to know what's going you on should- with our sons. You should want to know what's going on with your kids, and yeah. I don't. I don't see any way that that uh, it would that it would ever make sense that schools or anyone should be keeping things about. Your children from you
0: let the parents know what 's going on with their kids in school that 's all folks are saying Janice Boyce Trevilian parents cannot guide and help if they are not part of the conversation
1: Amen yeah they also can't they also can't help if their if their child runs into trouble either uh, <clears throat> either from bullying or from, or personally, you know, what if your kid is having a tough time and starts, starts having, uh, you know, thoughts about, uh, well, you know, maybe, maybe I should just end this, you know, how would you feel if you're as a parent, if you never knew and never had a chance to to help them, that would be devastating. I think
0: if we could update the lower third on screen, I know this is a not a talking point in the headers. So I would say the lower screen, the lower third to utilize would be uh, what Jerry and Judah learned this week. Thank you kindly. Um, Albert, Albert Graves, hell yeah, I wanna know. And it's ludicrous that teachers are supportive of not telling the parent what's going on with their own children. Right, right, right. That's gonna, that'll, that'll come up in this race. No doubt. I'll, I, I'm very open-minded to hosting um, a debate with the two candidates. Yeah. It would be fair. We've done these debates before. We've done them with Mayor Snook, mm-hmm. with Michael Payne. We've done them with Carl Brown. We've done them with Juan Diego Wade, Brian Pinkston. Eight or ten questions Two minutes a ap- uh, piece to answer the questions, and then they each have a chance to respond to uh, what each other has to say. Respectful, yeah. informative, long-form content. It would be the most watched debate in Charlottesville history, because our platform has exponentially grown since we did the last debate, which was, what, when Pinkston and Wade, Brian Pinkston and Juan Diego Wade were here. So that was our last debate, was that race. Carol Thorpe says, the Democrat political machine in Charlottesville has been conspiratorial and is compromised of several large influential groups to maintain a progressive stranglehold on local politics.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, Sonia Smith is certainly helping, for example, keep to keep this community uh, Democrat. The, the so-called kingmaker, Sonia Smith, who donates millions of dollars to political campaigns. Millions of dollars. Um, Carol also says, if for no other reason parents are legally responsible for their minor children, they have a legal right to know.
1: Yeah.
0: Crazy times. No doubt. Hmm. <sighs> What do you think with the direction of how the show's been flowing? It's mostly good. We've been talking uh, more dialogue. Had the trivia question introduction. Had the, um, the best and worst thing we saw on Twitter introduction. <laughs> Yesterday we introduced the segment of highlighting and spotlighting the history of businesses. We did it with Timberlakes. 1917, a business founded on the downtown mall in the old people's bank location. Yeah. Maybe the oldest restaurant in Charlottesville city limits Timberlake's just beating the Virginian restaurant by six years, 1923 for the Virginian. They're on their 100 year anniversary right now. The restaurant on the corner, Timberlake's 1917 on the downtown mall. How do you think the show can be better? Hmm. How about you viewers and listeners? How's, how can we make the show better for you? What do you think of the direction of the show of late? How, how can we make the program better for you guys? What would you like to see done differently? And Sarah Hill, you're exactly right. They went to um, Murray first before uh, going private. And the point I made on Wednesday the fact that she's running and her kids are in private shows how much she cares about the public schools because her kids won't benefit from the policy she puts into play if she's elected to the school board.
1: Yeah, I saw someone else, uh, I saw something somewhere else where a person was talking about uh, a parent or parents uh, who are who homeschooling. And, uh, the fact that... uh, Yeah, that
0: was on Wednesday show.
1: Was that? Yeah, that was Wednesday
0: show. One of the moms was commenting. She goes, my kids are homeschooled. People would give us heat if we ran for school board because we're homeschooling. And she didn't think think that was fair.
1: And the fact that they have, uh, the the fact that, that they have, because of that, a, uh, um, a different perspective, a perspective that they can offer—a perspective that's worth uh, listening that's to, worth bringing to the school system. Right. Ah. which is just another way of saying it would be nice if we had uh, some some variety in uh, in the voices that sit on our councils. Yeah.
0: Right. Lisa Costello would like us to potentially reserve a few topics at the end to discuss state and national news. That's a good idea. That's a way to potentially improve the show. A few topics at the end to discuss state and national news. Lisa Costello, Good idea. Queen of Cherry Avenue. Let me give you uh, some prompts. How else, viewers and listeners? We seriously are open-minded to what you guys have to say. Yeah. Um, Katie says, exactly, Judah, how can a parent help if they aren't aware from a sheer liability perspective the parents could easily sue a school if something destructive happened to a student that the staff had knowledge of and they failed to disclose to the parents? Absolutely. Dude, you guys want to – my – if something happened at the school and my wife did not know about it, you do not want to be anywhere near – Infuriated Mama Bear. Yeah. You do not want to go on the crosshairs of Mama Bear. Trust me. I don't believe it. Kevin Higgins says, I'd love to see surviving employees and our family members on your show talking about Seville businesses from days gone. H and HM shoes, now Hamilton's, is just one example. Carol says the content is great. I still wish you would install sound baffling in the studio ceiling to reduce the echo chamber sound. Unfortunately, we can't do anything about it. That's one of the uh, drawbacks of having... uh, How tall do you think the ceiling is? Uh, It's probably... 18 uh,
1: feet? 16, 18 feet, yeah.
0: Yeah, our ceiling's in this studio. When I remodeled this space, I ripped out all the drop ceiling to give it a larger, more vast look because when i remodeled this space where i love seville is on market street the plan was never to create a podcasting network initially the plan for the i love seville storefront was to create a um what was what were we call it like a welcome center a tourism welcome center because yeah. we noticed that was something that was missing from downtown charlesville then we realized very quickly that we did not want to be in the tourism welcome center business with strangers coming into our location and at all me random hours and asking us questions like, where are the public restrooms on the downtown mall?
1: And I was like, let's get the hell out of this business. Sadly and then we least...
0: launched a podcasting network, and we still have the 20-foot high ceilings here.
1: And we still have people coming in here occasionally asking for maps.
0: I mean, yeah, we, we still have people coming in here asking us where the public restrooms are or where the, the spectacle shop is. Well, that
1: happens we get that constantly, almost
0: daily. Daily,
1: and another thing: like,
0: most studios are not developed me, or at a storefront like this. Tell me you this. really need.
1: Tell me you really need those glasses without real telling me you really need those. Yeah, glasses. you
0: you go into I Love Seville saying, "Is, is this, this the glasses where shop? The, where are the glasses? Where are the glasses here?" Well, you need some help. The glasses shop is over here. Would you like me to walk you to the front door because you went into a building that has I Heart Seville as large as possible on the... I mean, you, you can't mistake this for the spectacle shot. Yeah. And it happens a handful of times every week. Handful of times every week. Thank you, Carol. Carol, you're sincere. I sincerely mean this, Carol. I very much look forward to your feedback. Um... Albert says, keep doing what you guys are doing. People are noticing. I've noticed the local news has been more local, and most of these local stories come from topics on this show. So keep up the good work. Thank you kindly. Thank you. We also noticed the local news streaming our show every day, looking for content. And Katie says, the future of the public school children in our community matters to all of us, public or private schools alike. This is the future, peers, coworkers, husbands, and wives, to my private school children. Bingo. Bingo. KTP, good people, you are. All right. I gotta get to work. You have been I, I I try to emphasize this often on the show. You've been fantastic with your perspective and what you contribute to the show. Thank you. Your personality is very, 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 very
1: um, abrasive
0: I was not going to say I'm that I'm
1: joking I don't think you're abrasive
0: <laughs> I think you're very likable
1: except when I disagree with you <laughs>
0: I don't mind if you disagree I think it contributes to the show where I have problems when you disagree is when you nitpick disagree and you change the course and flow of the show that's words that's, matter that's, that's, that's my only beef <laughs> the nitpicking but I think, you, um, I think they're, it's just complementary. They're, they're complementary personalities, and they fit well on a show like this. Um, Jehu Martin, Mr. Belmont, the King of Belmont, all this conversation about affordable housing, which is really about subsidized housing, but affordable housing for middle-class, single, young couples, and professionals. It is a major challenge that is not being handled well by most of the country. Numerous projects build this type of housing near the downtown mall were turned down on several occasions by the all-seeing, all-knowing city council. Um, He's got a good comment on the I Love Sibo group. And Lisa says, we're a great team. Thank you, Jehu Martin, for your comment. Thank you, Lisa, for the kind words. Yeah. Um, I want to do this. You know what? I I will reach out to uh, Dr. Bryce and um, Allison Spillman, the two candidates running for the school board seat at large, about a live debate, live debate on the talk show. We've got a lot of experience doing
1: these. We'll do it. Would we give them the uh, the debate questions beforehand?
0: I, I will give. I think you should give the debate questions beforehand, except for maybe one or two that are asked on the fly, because you want them to be completely prepared to the answer to the question.
1: Yeah. Not everyone. You don't everyone... want to give them two minutes and have them try to cram as much as they possibly can, trying to get their point across when they could you know, when they could spend some time figuring out how to make that how to best make that point in two minutes, and then we're actually getting. You know the uh, the, uh, the the sides that they're on.
0: Not and and not everyone has the skill set of being able to take questions on the fly and yeah. give their best answer.
1: Right, and we want the best answer. We, we want to hear their best answers. To, we're, tr- we're not For, trying to get people to fumble.
0: I'm not trying to do shock jock journalism. Here. So what I'd probably do is do like maybe it would be like a 10 question live debate, and eight or eight of them are given to them up front. Yeah. And then two of them, we, we say for maybe one for an audience question that we think is best and one that you and I come up with um, together to close.
1: Yeah. I and and then long-form
0: content where nothing can be taken out of context. Right. It'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. We'd invite the TV stations and the newspaper here to cover it. Yeah, Carol, 100% right. If not the questions, the topics. 100% CT. Um, part, Vanessa says, I love when the ca- candidates come on the show. And I hope they agreed to the debate. We'll keep you, uh, we'll keep
1: you guys in the loop. Did you see what Kevin said? What's that'd be, that? That'd be kind of fun. What's that? Uh, Dr. Ho said scavenger hunts for gift cards during COVID. You all should do that where you hide an I love Seville something or other and use a show, use the show to engage viewers in Seville history to see if anyone can find live on air what you hid. I don't know, I don't know how we do the live on air part, but, uh. It would be interesting uh, hiding things around Charlottesville and uh, asking and people. use to, the show and as ask, clues. I, don't know you, I don't know how you'd how use it. How would that the, work? I don't know how you'd use the show doing that live, but uh, um, we could give the clues on air like on a Tuesday and then announce the results on a Wednesday. Um, I could put like I Love Seville stickers
0: around town that have a URL on the sticker. And when they find the sticker, we give them clues where the stickers are around town. They have to go find the sticker based on our clues, and then they go to the URL on the sticker, and on that website is the contest
1: it could just be it could just be, a, it could just be a, um, a contact form, and you would only be able to get to that contact form if you had that uh, URL. And the contact form is basically an entry for people to get in the contest. Well, yeah. And we would know who the first person to find it was. Interesting idea.
0: Or we associate the contest with purchases at local businesses that you can get entered to win this prize if you show us a purchase at a local business on the downtown mall. Because I would want to drive business to small businesses in the community that are struggling. I don't know. We'll flush out well, the
1: idea. I, it could be something like uh, that could be part of the clue. The clue could be uh, the business or, or the business could be the, uh, what they have to find. We give clues and then when they get there, somebody at the counter has the sticker with the, uh, with the URL or just a, just a piece of paper with the URL and somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm here on the uh, I Love Seville scavenger hunt. They give them the URL. Well, we
0: did a scavenger hunt. We did an I Love Seville scavenger hunt to benefit caring for creatures. Remember yeah, that on the downtown was, mall? But that wasn't the same. It was great. We had 80 people enter that scavenger hunt. I worked my ass off on that scavenger hunt.
1: Yeah, but we don't we want made to. made like we six don't... grand for caring for creatures. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying that's not, that's not something we would do for this show.
0: We could use the show for something like
1: that. Anyway, we,
0: this is a conversation, not for now anyway. Um, anyway, good job. Shows archived on ilovecevil.com. This question from Kelsey. Did you get Wednesday show up on Spotify? She has not seen it. Wednesday's the show where we had the, the, the meeting at the Clifton and then the happy hour at Keswick. Did you get that show up on Spotify? She said she missed it. Maybe she missed it on Wednesday. You got it up on Thursday the next day, right?
1: Yeah, I got it up on Thursday, but Spotify? She listens on Spotify. Okay. I mean, I, all I know is that I put the... Uh, I the put, RSS. I put the sound up on SoundCloud. Right, and then an RSS to Spotify. And that goes to, I guess. I, I, I didn't even remember it about Spotify. We
0: may want to confirm. Um, we appreciate her listening to the show on the
1: podcasting platform.
0: Yeah. You, you um, SoundCloud it, and then it RSSs to the various podcasting platforms.
1: I put it on SoundCloud. Yeah. And uh, SoundCloud probably gets it sent to other places. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't, that's the I,
0: technical term
1: I know, it goes to, I know it goes to Apple I know it goes to that tornado place or whatever you, that you uh, wanted us to get on uh, I've forgotten about Spotify so. Juan
0: Sarmiento would love a scavenger hunt Juan we love you <laughs> scavenger hunt thank you viewers and listeners um, alright that's, that's the talk show on a Friday you guys keep it local okay keep it local support the businesses you want to see survive it's vulnerable and it's precarious out there from an economy standpoint, support the businesses you want to see survive. Final Four this weekend, maybe you watch it out. Dairy Market's a great spot for uh, Dairy Market's a great spot for families looking to watch a game, get a cold beer, some good food while the kids raise a ruckus. We love going there. He's Judah. I'm Jerry. It's the I Love Seville show on a Friday. Thank you kindly for listening. Take care.